0: Welcome back. <laughs> this time, it's Autumn doing the intro, so you know it's going to be a little hectic. <laughs> Welcome back to your favorite podcast, This Shit Really Happened. I am your co-host, Autumn, and this is M, who is the up? host, but she's letting me do the intro this time, so that's why it's a little hectic, <laughs> because <laughs> what's crazy is I still don't know it. <laughs> we try, we, I hit record, and it was just the first like, dead silence. <laughs> What is it? We're here to get into the downright gruesome. Oh my god!
1: It's some, so sorry. Okay. Right. <laughs> Hello, welcome oh. to This shit really happened—the true crime podcast where we deep dive into the most disturbing, depraved, and downright downla-
0: gruesome true crimes in history. I feel like I like mine better.
1: <laughs> We're back, <laughs> but we We're are back. It's—it's it's been a minute mm-hmm. since we've been here. Mm-hmm. I posted on Instagram, I was
0: like, so sorry we've been gone for a while. It's been, it's been crazy. Not like a bad crazy, No, but like, just
1: like, we got busy. We just been busy. <laughs> I went on vacation, you were dying.
0: I was very, very sick. And we couldn't record for like, two weeks straight.
1: It was crazy. I don't even remember. I think the last episode we put out was like, July 22nd.
0: Yeah, and then we got crazy. Something was happening. What happened at the end of July? We had to do some.
1: I, dude, I don't even know. I just like, we got... We couldn't,
0: and then... We just got really busy. August was busy. Yeah, August was super busy. But Um, it is
1: September 1st, so it is now officially spooky season.
0: Which... Which... Our podcast is perfect for that. Yes. So... Oh my god! Make I- sure you chime in. We will regularly be posting now that it's spooky season. Hell
1: yes, we will season. be more on time. We
0: are slightly we busy. less busy. We will make more time for the for the podcast.
1: We will try our absolute best.
0: <laughs> yes, we will be more regular than a month off. <laughs> yeah. <right. laughs>
1: I mean, knowing us, I'm not going to promise to anything because, you no. Know, shit happens, I mean, we do have happen. a
0: wedding to go to next weekend. We do
1: have a wedding to go to next weekend. I'm super excited about it. I love weddings. Any me excuse too. I have to get drunk on somebody else's dime, you can find me there. And I'm I also there.
0: love weddings because, like, I get to dress up. Mm-hmm. And I also love yes. love. I'm a lover girl deep down. <laughs> I love that. Even though, like, I don't like being oh God, touched. Lover. I don't like being touched. I am a lover girl deep down inside. Lover. My Swifties out there with an obsession yeah. with serial killers. <laughs> hey, that's oh. Only, also, I have some ASMR for y'all. <laughs> if you didn't know, that's bracelet beads. It's bracelets. I have been
1: making bracelets like an absolute mad lad because I have. So my friend and you know, I, like,
0: Dexter's laboratory. <laughs> laboratory. <laughs>
1: this is Emily in her dining Literally, room I'm I'm making like, bracelets. <laughs> <laughs> uh, seriously though, I'm like fucking Gollum from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <Vampire> <laughs> Bracelets. <laughs> I have made so my friend and I me and Stephanie have, have put in some fucking work making bracelets um because we have a Jonas Brothers concert to go to uh this month the 25th so we're going the
0: can says must be 21 plus to purchase
1: well I mean we're I've also we're you know, crazy is
0: I've so. never seen a, a drink an alcoholic beverage actually on printed the on the can they that you have really want to make sure that up. you know
1: um, but anyways, I have been making bracelets like fucking crazy because we have a Jonas Brothers concert to go to this month. We're going Not to me. another Jonas Brothers um, my, Me and my friend Stephanie. Stephanie guest starred on, on uh, one of those The Family Murders Part 2. So if you go listen to that, that has our dear, lovely, amazing Stephanie as a, yes. as a guest Love as a guest
0: co-host on that one. But um, her and Emily are the ones going to these concerts. Yes.
1: So Steph and I are going to Jonas Brothers. This uh, September 25th is our first show. We went to Pittsburgh to see them. And then, these fucking assholes, after we had bought the tickets, they announced the second leg of their North American tour, and they're coming to us, um, like, closer to us, Buffalo area, and so we're like, shit, let's just buy, like, cheap tickets, and we'll go see them again in Buffalo, because we got really good seats for this show that we're going to in, like, Pittsburgh, like, we dropped some dollars on those, um, so we have two Jonas those concerts, and then the big, big one for all my T-Swift fans out there, Steph and I are going to the fucking eras tour in november of 2024 so not this november but fucking next year dude so i have been making bracelets like absolute mad lad just doing as many as i possibly can i think right now i have like 50 for jonas Brothers. oh and also
0: me emily and stephanie are all going to the boys like girls in 303 concert bro well, i'm so in excited october
1: that. oh my god I'm so excited for that. And then we've got the Halloween mm.
0: bar crawl. Hell yeah! At the end of October.
1: Dude, I, <laughs> Autumn and our other friend are going to be Barbies. So we're just going to walk around and see. Hi, Barbie! Hi, Barbie! <laughs> and my mom, Die Die, who we all know and love, um, she's going to be a unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> and then my ass is being Art the Clown from Terrifier. (laughs) We're going to have three real cute girlies in their cute little Barbie costumes and there's going to be me looking like an absolute fucking menace. I
0: forgot what Katie said she was going to be.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's... I'm just going to stand in the corner and frighten people because that's what I'm about, so... I have so much work to do for this costume. i got to make a forehead
0: prosthetic, cheek, nose, chin. i, I got to put a bald cap on myself. I just have to order some clothes. Because my hair appointment is on Tuesday, I'm going to be real blonde. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I ordered
1: stuff to make my face cast with, so step one is about to start. I'm going to make my face cast and then start building prosthetics. If anybody out there has ever tried to, like, do special effects makeup on themselves, like, y'all know how in-depth it's about to be. To make, I'm making These. all of my prosthetics. These flicker. <gasps> Cute. Autumn is also planning some fun stuff for her significant other. Cute. It's a birthday. Got a birthday coming up soon. Love that. He doesn't listen to this, does he?
0: You said what? He doesn't listen to this, does he? No, he, he doesn't okay. like the serial, he's uh, lame. Yeah, he doesn't Boo. like the serial killer stuff. Lame. He can He's too scared.
1: Boo. What a bitch.
0: That's what I'm saying. (laughs) Um, but hey, segue. Uh, so I
1: did post on Instagram giving a little preview of the case that we're going to be covering today. This was actually the first time ever a recommendation by Autumn Directly.
0: (laughs) And I did the intro.
1: And she did the intro. This is a whole new TSRH podcast that you guys are getting today. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, we have the case of, um... It's kind of a we wanted we wanted to do a survivor story because the last few we did were kind of like, you know,
0: mm, kind of heavy. So I mean, we don't get me Throw in a survivor story yeah. every now and then. I
1: mean, this one is also quite heavy because it does deal with you know the death of like very young people, not like I mean, Crystal is 10 when this happened. Um and then the other victim in this case, I think she's 13. Mm-hmm. Um, so it does still deal with, you know, those those pretty heavy topics. But the light at the end of the tunnel at least is that we do we do have a survivor in this yes. one. So it's not all, you know, doom, gloom, gray, and terrible. Oh my god, speaking of survivors, I told Autumn this when we were at dinner, but I wanna tell you guys so, um, if you remember back to the one survivor story we did on Alison Botha, the woman in South Africa who, um,
0: who had to hold her fucking yes, head up because they was sawed her neck, like,
1: carjacked and raped by two men, and then they literally like sawed her throat to the point of near decapitation, and also like semi disemboweled her. She survived, bad bitch. Snaps mm-hmm. for her. Um, those two men just got out of prison on parole in July, which I think is fucking asinine we were having this kind of what were we talking about we were talking about like how attempted murder
0: is such a oh, bullshit yeah. it is charge because they just got on a parole but their full intention was to murder her and 100%. just because she so happened to survive she had the
1: audacity to survive and i remember when we talked about the case like they literally like one of them turned to the other was like oh like she's dead right and the other guy was like yeah there's no way she could have survived that so their intention a hundred percent was to murder her and they this happened back in like the late 90s I'm pretty sure if I'm remembering correctly and so they've only been in prison for maybe what like less 30 than 30 years. years and they're out on parole and like I don't care so you literally saw her neck yes I don't care how reformed, and I'm saying that with fucking airboning these aircraft. You're bones. not reformed. I don't care. You did it. You did it. Exactly. Like, that is like my. If you have you the ability to do, to do that. Do it. Right. Nobody was holding a gun to your head and making you do this shit. You did this by your own volition, your own free will. And you're going to tell me that somebody like that deserves to live a life outside of no. prison? Absolutely not. No. But she has to also live with the trauma of that for the rest of her life. And now she also has to worry
0: about y'all, what, coming back together? Yeah,
1: right. And I read an article on it and, like, her publicist or, you know, a representative for her was saying that she was, like, scared, terrified hearing that they were being released from prison. And I totally understand it because that shit is fucked. Like, that's so fucked up. The fact that they can even get out of prison blows my mind. Yeah, that's insane. It's... Absolutely bonkers. Those people should be in prison for the rest of their lives. Just like this man who we're going to talk about. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure, like, spoiler alert, he
0: gets executed. <laughs> so. Screaming. She said spoiler alert.
1: <laughs> spoiler alert for the end of this case, he gets executed. So you can you can go into this with, you know, at least the, uh, the knowledge that this man who does these terrible things, he does get his, he, he gets got but the justice system at the end of the day, so he do, he does get executed. Um. All right, we're gonna jump straight into it though. Um. So, like I mentioned, we are covering the case of the survival story, I should say, of Crystal Searles and her encounter with the serial killer uh, Tommy Lynn Sells. So, to start this case, we are heading to Del Rio, Texas,
0: on the night. See, this is how you know it's fucked up because. It's sorry Texas. for those of y'all that are in Texas that listen to us, but I would never move there. Nah, Texas is fucked.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> so sorry if y'all live there, but so, like, Texas is fucked. <laughs> so yeah, we're in Del Rio, Texas, and this is the night of December 31st, 1999. New Year's Eve, the new millennium. Um, on this night, we have 10-year-old Crystal Searles and her 7-year-old sister, I think her name is pronounced Mark. It's M-A-R-Q-U-E. Marque. Mark? I'm going to call her Mark. Yeah, I'm I'm going to call call her Mark. Mark. Um, So they were spending the night at a friend's house for New Year's Eve. This friend was 13-year-old Kayleen Katie Harris. The Searles were actually in the process of moving from Kansas to Texas. And Crystal and Mark were staying with the Harris family during the transition while their mom you know, was kind of moving things back and forth on from Kansas to Texas, just getting everything settled for the move. So that night, Crystal and her sister had gotten into an argument, you know, very typical if you have siblings, you know, sibling arguments, especially if it's like, you know, the older sibling not wanting their younger sibling to be involved in shit. It's like, go away. You're lame. You're my younger sister. So, uh, Crystal and Mark got into an argument and Crystal essentially told her sister to like, basically like fuck off and go sleep in the other room. <laughs> Cause fuck Mark off. was like, I want to have a sleepover with you and Katie. And Crystal's like, nah, fuck you. Get nope. out. <laughs> no. And so she tells Mark to go sleep in the other available bedroom while she and Katie stayed in the bunk beds in Katie's room. Um, later on, Mark would recall how upset she was that she'd been banished to the other room because she had so desperately wanted to join in on sleepover with Katie. And that's, like, such a younger sibling mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Like, I remember always wanting to, like, hang out with, like, my sister and her mm-hmm. friends and they would have sleepovers. I'm like, oh, my God. I you know my brothers would
0: all be in the backyard and I'm like... I'm going to hang out here. And they're like, you need to go. Yeah.
1: Like you need to get out. And, maybe and mine is, hang out. mind you,
0: I'm 15 years younger than my brother. Oh yeah. See <laughs> and so, me and
1: my sister, have a much smaller I mean, man, i yeah. are only three years apart. <laughs> but still she was like, she, I, you know, you know, this is a younger sibling thing is so you just want to hang out mm-hmm. with your, you just want right. to hang out with your older sibling. So Mark was essentially doing the same. And Crystal's like, nah, go sleep in that other room. Mm-hmm. Like me and Katie are hanging out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is my friend, not your friend. <laughs> yeah. So Crystal and Katie stayed up in Katie's room pretty late into the night and Crystal recalls falling asleep and then being suddenly awoken by the sound of a scream. Um, Crystal was sleeping on the top bunk and Katie was on the bottom. After hearing the noise, Crystal popped her head up just a little bit to try to see what was going on, but she didn't sit up fully, so she kind of just like leaned like over the bunk to try to see what was going on. And what she ended up seeing, like absolutely terrified her um the lights in the room were off on on they were on
0: okay <laughs> we're unsure like, i, <laughs>
1: was, I like, my notes aren't my notes are like jumbled at this point but i'm pretty sure the lights were on and there was a man who crystal later described as having long dark scruffy hair and big A big, long, scary, bushy beard that took over his whole face and dark, mean eyes standing at the end of the bunk beds. Crystal was also able to see that Katie had blood on her and the man was holding a knife to Katie's throat. She then watched, absolutely horrified, as the man slit Katie's throat and Katie fell down to the floor. Hmm. Up until this point, the man had not noticed Crystal up on the top bunk and he actually turned to leave. But at the last second, turned around again, and this is when he spotted Crystal looking at him from the top bunk. Oh, shit. When he saw her, Crystal, and this is, like, such, like, a kid thing to do, she essentially, like, scurried back to the far side of the bed. It's kind of like, you know, when you're, like, younger, you're like, if I can't see them, they They can't can't see see me, sort mm -hmm. of thing. So that's what it was. So she just, like, hunkered down as Mm -hmm. far as she could on the corner of the bed, and, like,
0: little sidebar but like
1: he already saw her but this like reminds me of this like weird I don't want to say like I don't know it was like this weird thing I had when I was younger so mind you like my mother die die she is like a horror movie aficionado that's like Mm -hmm. all she watches it's Mm -hmm. all she does so I was watching movies I should not have been watching when I was very very Mm -hmm. young and I would go (laughs) go to bed.
0: times and I don't know what it was but I always had to cover my ears yeah with the blanket because you can't hear like if something makes a noise and you don't know what it is it freaks you out so you cover your ears so you can't hear it So I always thought that if I could cover my ears, I was safe. Yep.
1: And I could not fall asleep without covering my ears. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. bitch, if somebody's going to murder you, it doesn't matter if you're holding your blanket up to your ears It just makes you feel better. Yeah. I had, like, this weird phobia, too, that, like, somebody was going to, like, cut off my ears. Like, it was the weirdest thing. Right. It was very, very strange. But, you know, going back to that. You, like, hide
0: or, like, you'll put the blanket over your face so you can't see them. It's it's
1: very much if I can't see you, you can't see me sort of mm -hmm. thing. So Crystal is is hunkering down on the side of the bed and she's just, like, desperately hoping that, like, maybe he He didn't didn't actually see see her. um, But unfortunately, he very Mm. much saw her. So he approaches the bunk beds again where Crystal is desperately trying to hide from him. And he, like, this is terrifying because he just, like, he has this huge knife in his hand. Mm. And he just reaches over and slits her throat. (gasps) Yeah. And just one quick you know cut mm-hmm. over her throat and she is in shock at this point she's mm-hmm. like i didn't even really realize what happened to me i just mm-hmm. know that like something happened because i could yeah. feel it i could mm-hmm. feel like the pressure and mm-hmm. you know whatever it was so she has at 10 years old she has a sense to essentially play dead yeah so she just like slumps down into the bunk bed she's playing dead on mm-hmm. um, bleeding out this entire time mm-hmm. And so he essentially, like, he's just slit her throat. He's fully mm-hmm. confident that she's not going to survive this. Just, you you think, you yeah. know, you slit somebody's throat, they're not going to live through that. Right, especially a small child like that. So he basically just turns heel and he goes back, you know, continues to leave the room. He shuts off the light and then he just fucks off. He just leaves. He just leaves the room. Great. So Crystal is just laying there in bed because she's absolutely terrified, just like listening to try to hear sounds if he's still moving throughout the house. And when she finally is confident enough that he's gone, she somehow with a fucking throat cut manages to not only get down for the top bunk, she drops to her hands and knees and she crawls over to where Katie is still laying on the floor and Katie is... Very clearly bleeding heavily. She's making these, like, terrible gasping, gurgling sounds. And all Crystal can think to do is just, like, rub her back and try to tell her, like, out loud that, like, everything's going to be okay. But she tries to speak. Crystal doesn't. She realizes she can't talk. Because he slit her vocal cords. Because he slit her fucking vocal cords. So she's trying to do everything she can to comfort Katie. And she's listening to her, like, struggle to breathe. And then all of a sudden... Katie just, like, stops making any noise.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: Crystal, at that point, you know, she's only 10 years old, but she kind of comes to the realization mm-hmm. that like she's Katie's, not alive. Yeah, Katie's mm-hmm. gone. And at this point, Crystal knows that she has to go get help, and she has to do it, like, immediately. Mm-hmm. So, I'm still, the whole time I'm just like, this girl has her throat cut. Literally. She's got her, and she's 10, actively bleeding. She's 10 can. years old. Throat cut. So she gets up and she's like using the walls to steady herself. Mm-hmm. And you can only imagine what like the scene in this house looked like. Just yeah. her smears of like handprints oh, and blood yeah. all over the wall. So the first thing she does is she goes over to the room where Mark is sleeping. And she like knocks on the door, but she can't speak. Mm-hmm. And so she can't, she can't wake Mark up. Mm-hmm. And now she's thinking oh, my God, what if this man has killed every other person in the house? Yeah. So she's like, I got to get out of this fucking house because I don't even know if there's anybody alive in this house right now to help me. Mm-hmm. So she ends up leaving the house and fleeing to a neighbor's house to go get help. Mm-hmm. Um, when she left the house, she was, like, basically in, like, a T-shirt and shorts and no shoes. And it's it's, yes, this is Texas, but it's still december january so yeah. it's probably not super warm out mm-hmm. so she's running out of the house as fast as she can it's pitch dark outside mm-hmm. she can't see anything
0: and her throat is cut
1: and her throat is cut keep we're gonna keep repeating that because that is mm-hmm. absolutely insane her throat is cut she's 10 years old mm-hmm. um but she can see in the distance that there's a light on mm-hmm. in somebody's house so she's like I'm going to go there. This is the only chance I got. Mm -hmm. And she goes as fast as she possibly can to this house that has the light on. She had to walk over a quarter mile to get to this house. Mm -hmm. And eventually she does reach it and she just starts banging on the door. Um, A man's voice from inside asked who was at the door, but of course she She can't can't talk. talk, So she just keeps banging on the door and banging on the door until Mm -hmm. finally this man gets up and he answers him. Mm -hmm. So this man was named Herb Betts. He opens the door and he's like, this is pretty, this is after midnight. Yeah, this is after midnight, and he mm-hmm. opens the door, and he sees Crystal just standing in there, barefoot, in mm-hmm. her pajamas, and just absolutely drenched in blood. Mm-hmm.
0: He's really like, what the fuck?
1: Mm-hmm. What the fuck? Literally. So he immediately brings her inside the house, and he calls 911, and she's kind of, like, gesturing at him basically essentially trying to tell him what, but she can't speak. She's trying mm-hmm. to tell him what happened. But she can't speak. So he brings her a pen and a paper so mm-hmm. she can write it down for him. Mm-hmm. And she writes, quote, the Harrises are hurt. Tell them to hurry referencing mm-hmm. the police. And then she writes, my neck is hurt. Am I going to live? Mm-hmm. And like, she's only 10 years old and having to deal with mm-hmm. all of this stuff. And she's just like, get help. The Harrises are hurt. Like, am I going to be okay? I could not imagine just opening my door. And seeing a child just, like, standing at my doorstep,
0: covered in blood. Literally traumatized instantly.
1: Literally traumatized. Uh, literally traumatized. So, again, Herb is on the phone with the police, and he's like, y'all need to get here right the fuck now. Um, so the Texas Rangers arrived to the Harris home around 530 in the morning. Mm-hmm. Inside the home, they discovered a very brutal, very bloody scene. Mm -hmm. Um, Katie's room and bed were covered in blood, and there were small bloody handprints all over the walls where Crystal had used the walls to steady herself as she walked Mm -hmm. through the house. The police found Katie still laying on the floor in her bedroom, and sadly, by the time they reached her, Katie was dead. Mm -hmm. Crystal's sister, Mark, actually remembers waking up to see a woman she did not know standing at the foot of her bed. This was one of the police officers. Um, the woman essentially handed Mark some clothes and was like, get dressed, we gotta go. Mm Mm-hmm. And as they left the room, because they had to take Mark through the house still, and yeah. so Mark remembers seeing a trail of blood outside her own door, because again, mm-hmm. Crystal had stopped mm-hmm. there to try yeah. to wake her up, as well as smears all over the walls, and that there was also a trail of blood outside, going down the stairs and onto the street. Mm-hmm. So essentially, Crystal's just bleeding everywhere, oh, she's God. trying to go get help from her neighbors. Mm-hmm. Um, and then back in Kansas, around six in the morning, Pam Searles, who is Crystal Mark's mother, mm-hmm. she receives that type of phone call that no parent ever wants to receive in their mm-hmm. life. So she gets a call telling her that Crystal, they tell her nothing except that Crystal had been badly hurt and that she needed to come to the hospital in Texas, like, right then and there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I was like, can't you give me some more fucking information? Goddamn!"
0: <laughs> Literally, like, how is she hurt?
1: Yeah, right? Like, uh, is she, like, what? Um, So when she gets to the hospital, she meets the police there and they tell her a little bit more information, like very little information. Um, They do tell her that Crystal's throat had been cut. Mm -hmm. um, And they let her into Crystal's room and Crystal is just laying in her bed. She's hooked up to a ventilator. She's covered in tubes. She's covered in bandages. And Pam is like, literally, what the fuck? Literally. (laughs) Literally, what the fuck? Um, the doctors then informed Pam that Crystal's vocal cords and trachea had been severed, but thankfully it seemed that Crystal was going to survive. So, yes, this terrible thing happened to her, but on the bright side, she's, she's got to live through it. Yes. So, Crystal goes into surgery to repair the damage, um, and as soon as she gained consciousness again, Crystal wanted to know if Katie had also made it, and she was just- Absolutely devastated when she was informed that Katie had not made it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, in the back of her mind, she kind of knew that mm-hmm. she had been, she had literally been with Katie as Katie took her last breaths. Mm-hmm. But to hear it just kind of reiterated and be like, yeah, she didn't make it, like, that's a lot for a 10 year old to have to deal with. Yeah, it's terrifying. Yeah. Especially with jo- what, what she just again, so she had her throat cut. She watched Katie get, yes. die. Yes brutally murdered she watches her her friend get brutally murdered yeah and then has her own throat cut trauma traumatized i'm traumatized so um like i said she did go through crystal did go through surgery to get the damage to her vocal cords and her trachea uh repaired and as soon as she was recovered enough she told police everything she could remember about that night that she and katie were attacked and the man who had done it they brought in like a forensic, um, like portrait artist mm. to uh, complete a sketch of the man from Katie's descriptions. And like again, like this is cr- she's ten years old, and the details she gives of this man for the sketch artist is like uncanny. Mm. They were able to create such a good sketch of it was like Go unbelievable. Good for her. Again, ten years old and ten, and also traumatized as hell. Mm -hmm. And she's remembering all these things. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, I think, like, your brain, when you go through trauma, you either have extremely vivid memories of it. Or, Or like, no memories at all. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So, it seemed that she was on the side of the fence where she just had a very, very vivid memory. Which, Mm -hmm. also, like, that sucks. Because then you got to live with that. Mm -hmm. It's almost like you want to black it out so you don't have to deal with, like, the reality of what happened. Yeah. Which is, like, there have been, um... I think there were a couple cases we covered. I can't remember specifically. Oh, you know what? It was like the weepy voice killer. Do you remember that guy who's calling? <laughs> yeah. And
0: <was> like,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like one of the victims that he attacked, she had like very very severe head trauma, mm. and she didn't remember anything about when she was attacked. Which is like a curse because she couldn't help them find the person. Mm-hmm. It, but also a blessing that she doesn't have to remember anything that happened yeah. to her. So, it's, like, blessing and a curse. Like, yeah, it can't help solve the crime, but, like, at least you don't have to live... I'm sure you still have some sort of PTSD, because the body remembers, even if the brain does not. Yeah. But to not have to have those very vivid memories of what happened to you specifically, it's probably yeah. a blessing and disguise, yeah. we'll say. So, um, after giving the description of the person who had done this to the sketch artist, um, basically... The police now start on the hunt trying to figure out who the fuck did this. So, Crystal, she later recalled that she just could not get the image of this man's face out of her head. She said that the memory of his, she calls them his mean eyes, hmm. um, they were haunting her. That was, like, the thing she most recalled was, like, the look in his eyes while he was doing these things to both Katie and to her. So, from the sketch that the forensic artist had created, police were able to form a photo lineup to show Crystal... And it did not take her very long at all to identify one man. And this person Crystal identified was then 35-year-old Tommy Lynn Sells. So we're going to learn a little bit about Tommy Lynn Sells because he was up to some fuck shit from like, (laughs) it was another serial killer that was just up to some fuck shit all the time from like the time he was very, very young.
0: As so, per all of them,
1: yeah. As per all of them, the, the serial killers usually have a very similar upbringing. Yes. When you look at them on and the they face, they usually
0: all act very similar mm, and get yeah. into like the same types of trouble mm-hmm. their whole life. Yes,
1: it's like it's a clear escalation from mm-hmm. the time they're young to when they actually actively like do you it. know start mm-hmm. and take their first victim. It's like you know, like stealing arson like killing animals killing animals it's like there's some I always forget what this there's a triad the triad I always forget what it's actually called but it's like (laughs) bedwetting cruelty to animals (laughs) and oh fuck me what's the other one that's gonna piss me off that I can't remember I'm just gonna google sealer (laughs) Sealer triad what's the third one arson bedwetting it's the mcdonald's okay so it's animal cruelty arson wedding and it's mm-hmm. the mcdonald triad mm-hmm. I, we've talked about this multiple mm-hmm. times yes, and every time i can never remember no. what it's actually no. called the mcdonald triad so i'm gonna remember that
0: maybe, maybe. maybe.
1: <laughs> <laughs> for the future um so tommy lynn sells he was born on june 28th in 1964 in oakland california sells was one of five children who were born to an unwed mother And his biological father, who was basically absentee through his entire life, but the father died when he was 11, wasn't really involved in his life at all. Um, Sells also had a twin sister who passed away from a case of meningitis they both contracted when they were 18 months old. Shortly after his twin's death, Sells was sent to live with his aunt, uh, who was named Bonnie Walpole in Holcomb, Missouri. So his mom was basically like, I don't get here. (laughs) I'm going to have this child. Um, when he was five though, he was returned to his mother when she found out that his aunt had attempted to adopt him. So one was like, you're not going to adopt my kid. I'm going to take him back.
0: You um, gave him up. Yeah, literally. It's a bitch. <laughs> you literally gave him to her. Why yeah. the fuck
1: not? This also seems like another question of like nature versus nurture, where you wonder if he would have done these things. Because I could not find really anything about like his early life with his aunt But all the shit he got into was all of a result of him living with his mother. Because his mother was not a good mom. Like, she was involved in a whole lot of shit. Great. And she was, like, abusive towards him. I'm pretty sure she was an alcoholic. If not, definitely abusing drugs. Great. And you have this child that you willingly give to be raised by somebody else. And then when you learn that they want to adopt the child, you suddenly want him back. Make it make sense. The math is not math thing. The because map is not happy.
0: The moneying is moneying. Yeah,
1: yeah, right. Like I need child support. Is child.
0: I need child support, and I need my tax return.
1: Yeah, word. So, he goes back to live with his mother when he's five years old. So, cells was a very, very severe alcoholic. You want to just take a guess how old he was when he started drinking? Probably like Sam. He was. That's fucking uncanny. He was seven. Wow. <laughs> he was seven. seven. That's crazy. He was seven years old when he began drinking alcohol for the first time. So, his um, maternal grandmother also lived in the same home as him, as, like, him and his mother and his siblings. Mm. So, what he would do is he would steal alcohol from a stash that she kept and just get fucking blitzed. Starting at seven years old. Great. Seven years old. He also began socializing with older men, um, one of whom Sells eventually accused of molesting him. Sells also claimed that his mother actively encouraged this relationship, which further traumatized him. Self stated that he would relive these molestations when he was committing his crimes. So he's essentially like, I was traumatized. So he's like,
0: blaming his childhood on why he was killing people. He's
1: essentially saying he has mommy issues. Yeah. (laughs) He's like, well. His mom fucked him up.
0: I killed people because I got molested. Yeah.
1: And he like, I was reliving them while I was murdering people.
0: I feel like because he couldn't really take accountability for his actions of killing people. He like was trying to find it out. That's why he was like, "Well, I did it because of this." Yeah, you don't actually know that's why you were doing it, right? And I feel like
1: everything we we have in this, we have to take with a grain of salt because this is all coming from him directly.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And if you know anything about cereal, you can't trust a fucking word they say. They're gonna they're no. gonna spin. A lot of thing. them
0: are very, and we've said this before on multiple of these yes. cases. They are very charming. Yes,
1: super charismatic. Mm-hmm. They know how to talk to people. Mm-hmm. They know how to manipulate your emotions mm-hmm. and make you feel for them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Because, like, even though, like sociopaths cannot feel emotion Mm -hmm. they are very good at mimicking and manipulating because they know
0: yes they know what they're supposed to feel they know what they're supposed to feel and they know how to get you to feel what you need in order to trust them yes a hundred percent
1: so not only was Sells an alcoholic starting at the age of seven um he also began abusing drugs when he was 10 years old Um, He ended up being kicked out of his home when he was 13 after an incident where he entered his grandmother's bed where she was sleeping nude. Whether this was some... Didn't really go further into that, but his mother basically essentially caught him sneaking into his grandmother's bed and she was like, you need to get the fuck out of my house. And shortly after that, his mother and siblings abandoned him by abruptly just leaving town. So, like, we're going to leave you here and we're we're going to go. go. And we're going to go. Um... A few days later, allegedly, in a fit of rage, he shot a woman and assaulted her, although she survived this encounter. So Sells began living as a nomad permanently in 1978. So he was essentially just kind of like bopping around wherever he'd go. He's 14 at this time that he starts this nomadic lifestyle. Um, When Sells visited family in Little Rock, Arkansas, in May of 1981, um, his mother threw him out after he tried to molest her. In the shower. So, he's, he's, he's not doing good. He's not doing good. So, he's like, this is, what, three years? So, he's 17 at this point. Tries to molest his own mother in the shower. Oh he's visiting his family. God. and She essentially says, get the fuck out of my house. Which, um, yeah, understandable at that point.
0: If you're 17, like, you're about to be 18.
1: Get the fuck out. Yeah, you're don't, an adult. Bye. don't, don't try to molest me in my home. Please, you are you. my.
0: I birthed you. I birthed you. Get the. I brought you into this world. And I'm gonna and take was, you out, Mom. You should threaten that to me all the fucking time. <laughs> you I know, brought you into this world, and I will take you out. And I used to believe that shit. So I'm like, all right, you got it. You know. You, you know, what I've said that to before, is Bird, <laughs> <laughs> which she's being especially mean to me. as that, I brought you
1: into this world. I'm gonna take you out. <laughs> so, oh my god, I don't know if you saw it, but I have like so for context for all of you lovely people. I have, like, a little dry erase whiteboard. Oh, you finally changed it. Yes, and I'll tell you what it says if you can't read it with your eyeballs. Yeah, I can't. Um, but it's, it's my key holder, but it also has a little whiteboard on it. And so, y'all know I have three cats. I have Ralph, I have Carter, I have Birdie. And Carter and Bertie don't really get along that well. And what he's been doing lately is, like, I think this is a dominance thing because he's fixed and she's fixed. But he will, like, mount her and, like, scruff her on the back of her neck with his teeth and she like is just screaming the entire time
0: (laughs) (laughs) she's like nah literally (laughs)
1: lucas and i have caught her caught him doing this to her many many times Mm. so i'm like he's like bitch you're gonna listen to me he's literally like molesting her he's like i'm sick of you bullying me like literally she does she's mean to him she smacks him upside the head all the time she like hisses at him she's very mean to him but then they have moments where they're like friends and she'll come over and he'll like lick her on the head and they'll groom each other and they'll be chill mm. and then five minutes later she's scrapping with him and smacking him in the face again um so what my what my board says is uh, it's days since carter has been caught molesting bird <laughs> and we're at seven days yes we love <laughs> that but asterisks asterisk it says since he's been caught
0: Oh. so he could still be doing it we just haven't caught him <laughs> I'm screaming <laughs> that is fucking hilarious it's so bad like we
1: he'll just like do it like here like he's like his favorite place is just in this dining room and we're like walking out of the bedroom or out of the living room and he's just mounting her teeth in the back of her neck and she's screaming there have been times where we've been woken up at like 1 in the morning 2 in the morning and just the sounds of bird screaming her head off because she's being molested <laughs> and we're like Stop molesting your sister! Stop! Her. Stop molesting your sister! Mm-hmm. So we have this board counter going up for we've we've got a week without him getting caught molesting his sister. Oh, man! So yeah, that's what's currently going on in you know my
0: household. <laughs> Crazy! My dog Blue Blue Sifer. He tries to fucking hunt me all the time.
1: Get him! Chop his balls off! They want six hundred fucking dollars. Put some shmonies away every month and get his I'm balls off. i tried to, buy. Off.
0: unexpectedly, got sick for a whole week.
1: Oh man, you gotta, you gotta cut that, his balls off. You gotta do it. That's the plan. You gotta do it. I was it. gonna do it this month, but then I got sick as fuck. Yeah, that's true. Next month. Literally. <laughs> cut them balls off. Anyways, back to the story. Story, case, this is not a story. This is, this is not about animals. This <laughs> is about Tommy. It's about Tommy Lincel as being a fuck. Literally. Um, speaking of him being a fuck... So, because he was kicked out of his house, like, the whole, essentially, like, he needed a lot of help and mental health assistance that he just never got. Um, so, because he never re- received any of the help he needed, his drinking worsened, and he was arrested for the first time in 1982, when he was 18, I think he would have been, mm-hmm. um, he was arrested for public intoxication. Shocker. And this was just the start of a very long-winded string in history Shocker. of crime. Shocker, he gets arrested. Wow, we're not surprised at all. Drink break. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, while he was homeless and living nomadically between 1978 and 1999, Sells would hitchhike and train hop across the country, committing various crimes as he went. He was like, I'm going to hit all the different, I'm going to commit crimes across the 50 states, Yeah. Great. Um, So not only was he committing crimes, he was also drinking heavily. He was abusing drugs and he was arrested numerous times for crimes ranging from public intoxication to grand theft auto. So he was like, I'm either going to be drunk in public or I'm I'm going to steal cars. (laughs) I'm going to steal cars. Um, In 1992, when he was 27, he was picked up by 19 year old uh, Fabian Witherspoon after she saw him panhandling under an overpass in Charleston, West Virginia. She felt bad for him, so she offered him a ride back to her home. She asked him to wait outside while she went inside to get food for him. Um, but by the time she had gone to her house and come back to her front door, um, Salz was out of the car and he was inside her house. Oh! When she walked away, she was like, kind of like, okay, like that's a little weird, but like, just stay there,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I'm gonna go, you know, get mm-hmm. you some food and get you some money. Um, when she walked away to go get said things, Cells cornered her in the kitchen and threatened her with one of her own kitchen knives. Um, after the which, audacity. I know, right? To uh, Her men. own kitchen. Men. men. Derogatory. <laughs> the fucking audacity. The fucking audacity. So he threatens her with one of her own kitchen knives and he attempts to rape her. Um, she fought back, though. She's like, I think the fuck not. She's like. <laughs> <laughs> see this is why we need to get our video hooked up so people could see what you just did if you could not hear that she picked up a lighter on the table she she lights the lighter in front of the microphone we need to get our video so we we will soon Soon, we will soon we'll talk about that at the end of the episode Yeah. Um, so she fought back she was like I think the fuck not not in my own house she managed to hit him repeatedly in the head with a ceramic duck that she had
0: which like I just Oh my god. Imagine you're like, yeah, I got my ass beat with but a duck.
1: But <laughs> <laughs> so she does, she hits him over the head with this ceramic duck, and she actually manages to get a hold of the knife. She takes mm-hmm. it from him, and she stabs him in the abdomen. She's like, fuck you, stabs him right in the mm-hmm. gut. Um, she like nicks his lever, she lacerates his kidney. <laughs> and she Oh, so this is my favorite part she manages to stab him in the balls too yes bitch <laughs> yes <laughs> so she gets him in the gut and in the balls um unfortunately he does
0: retaliate against no. her and he picks up a piano that's bench. a strong-ass man you got stabbed in your nuts and you still are going after him. adrenaline is a crazy drug
1: so she, he picks up like a piano bench and he hits her over the head with oh, a piano shit, bench. Bitch. Um, but he's he's pretty severely injured. So mm. he hits her with a piano bench and he just runs out of the house. Mm. Um, his injuries. He's and like, the, you're just gonna stop stabbing me because yeah, you already <laughs> got me in that. Yeah, right? <laughs> you got me the balls. I gotta go. <laughs> so he does end up going to the hospital. He lands in the ICU because of his injuries. And police are like, because. Um, Fabian, she does survive this. They're like, bro, how
0: did you get these? Yeah,
1: literally. And I was like, how did you get these? And then, so he does end up in police custody after this. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Fabian, she suffered a gaping head wound and a severe hand laceration that required surgery, but otherwise,
0: she was was okay.
1: She was alive. She did survive this. Um, After the attack, Sells took a plea deal on malicious wounding charges and served five years in prison. While serving this sentence, he was diagnosed with bipolar disorder... And he also ended up marrying a woman named Nora Price. Marrying someone? Yeah, he got married. There was um, a bitch delusional enough to marry yup. this man? It's so crazy, like, there's so many like, okay, so I understand, like, prison pen pal things, if it's like a minimum security prison and people are in there for, like, minor charges. Okay,
0: but you are marrying somebody who is on a charge for harming mm-hmm. and stabbing and trying to yes, rape a that woman. Was,
1: that was the other thing I was gonna say, but, like, on the other hand, you have this man who's in prison because he literally tried to rape and, like severely he would have killed her he pulled a knife
0: on her and, and she just get it and stab him back. She, she didn't get that dead. duck and beat the fuck out of him she'd, she'd be dead. dead she would have been dead but this and woman, you want to marry
1: him yeah this bitch you are the
0: lulu the lulu and this is not the De- Sululu. this <laughs> her delulu came true lulu but it was not the Sululu. That one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so after he married Nora, they did move to Tennessee together, um, but he did not hang out very long. Very soon after yeah. he got out of prison, he was back to his, you know, nomadic ways, just kind yeah. of fucking around, do whatever. And she's like, I may have been. Yeah. It may have been so bitch. The the biggest thing to know about Tommy Lyncelles is he was fucking everywhere. He was mm, fucking jaunting up and down the goddamn United States, going from state to state, and committing multitudes of very brutal crimes while he was there. Um, Crystal and Katie were his last. So, because Crystal was able to identify Tommy Lynn Cells from the photo lineup, he became police's number one suspect. Um, They drove back to Del Rio, Texas, and they arrived at Tommy Lantell's home at 5.30 in the morning on January 2nd, 2000. So, like, a day after. Mm Because the attack happened New Year's Day, and Mm -hmm. they go to his home the day after. According to Texas Rangers, when Sells answered the door and saw the police standing there, he said, quote, I'm glad I finally got caught. I was tired of doing this. Which, like, that... That is okay. So I'm gonna bring it back to the fucking weepy voice killer again because he was like, "Can you please stop me, somebody?" Like, if you wanted to be stopped, you would go turn yourself in. Yeah, you can walk up to any police station. Like, hey, I'm a serial killer. Please, you should arrest me. me. I will confess everything to you. Mm -hmm. So this whole like. Please stop me. I'm tired of doing this. Like, that is such bullshit. Like, you're not tired of doing this. Right. Like, you would 100% keep doing it. Like, you're just trying to say some bullshit because you're caught now. Mm -hmm. And you know you're caught. You dumbass, stupid-ass motherfucker. Men. Men. Derogatory. (laughs) They all lie. They all lie. Liars. (laughs) 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 Oh, gosh. Anyways, so, um, the one thing to cells credit, is he was very open about
0: so he just what admitted he admitted
1: to everything. Yes. He very much admitted to everything. I mean at this point you're already caught. Yeah, he's pretty fucked, so he doesn't really have much of an option. Um but essentially after he's arrested, um, Sells told police where they could find the murder weapon that he had used to kill Katie. And this was an 11-inch long hunting knife, Ugh. the blade of which had been worn incredibly thin because of how many times cells just sharpened it. So, like, imagine. He just wanted
0: it to be very, 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 yes, very sharp. He
1: wanted that shit to be as deadly as, like, about 11 inches mm. and sharpened to the point where probably, like, touching it would have sliced your finger open. So he took this knife w- with only one intention. That That's was a weapon somebody. to kill somebody. Yeah. No, no other reason. For, he, that was a weapon to kill somebody. Yeah. So after Sals was arrested, the police made one call, and that call was to Pam Searles to inform her that he had been arrested. So while Sals was in custody, one of the things he likes to do is he likes to talk, he likes to confess. He is in this way, he's kind of very similar to um oh, what's his fucking name? God damn it. Mmm, the co ed killer, fuck me. Oh Jesus Christ. Here Google you go. it. Mm. The coed killer. The co ed killer. What's the co ed Ed Kemper. Ed Kemper. It's Ed Kemper. Yeah. Um Ed Kemper also liked to talk. And Ed Kemper after he was arrested. That's talked what I don't understand. Lot. Like,
0: especially the ones that are like caught and going to prison for the rest of their lives, why not just give up the rest of them?
1: Yeah. Right.
0: You're already in there for the rest of your life. Exactly.
1: Exactly. So uh, Tommy Lynn he talked and he talked a lot. He confessed to many, many things while he was in police custody. He first, of course, they're questioning him initially about Crystal and Katie. And he confessed to um, sexually assaulting Katie, stabbing her 16 times and then slashing her throat. And then also confessed to cutting Crystal's throat as well. So what? What Crystal saw was the tail end of it. Yeah. At that point, because she said that Katie was covered in blood. Yeah. So Katie, at that point, had been sexually assaulted and, and stabbed, stabbed sixteen, 16 times. times before Crystal, Crystal woke up and, up and saw him slit her throat. Yes. So. And luckily for Crystal, she did not witness all of all it. All of that. Mm. But of course, obviously what she did was witness is probably still very traumatizing. Oh, absolutely. Less than it could have been, which mm. is like the one saving grace here.
0: Mm.
1: Um, and once he started confessing, he could not stop. He was just fucking word vomiting, all of this shit. And he started confessing to crimes that he said started. He started committing these things when he was 15. So he's, at this point, got like 20 years of crimes to confess to. So of all the murders he confessed to, police were able to definitively link him. So link him, not confirm that he committed, but they were able to confirm that he was either in the area or his story could be corroborated with the confession versus, like, the evidence that they had from the murders. Definitively link him to 22 crimes that he confessed to. I'm not going to go over all 22, but I am going to go over a couple of them, which are, you know pretty encompassing from beginning to end. So the first one he confesses to happened on July 5th, 1979. And just like pay attention to where these happen because he's literally all over the place. So this first one happens in Port Gibson, Mississippi. And this is the murder of 39-year-old John Cade who was killed with a thirty two caliber pistol during a home invasion. We then jump to April 27th, 1982 in St. Louis, Missouri. Um, And this actually was corroborated in November of 2015 when a woman named Melissa DeBoer contacted police after watching an episode of Crime Watch Daily, which featured cells. And she contacted them because in 1982, DeBoer's mother, Joanne Tate, who was 35 years old at the time, was murdered in her St. Louis home. And Melissa was actually a witness to the murder. She was seven years old when it happened And she testified in court to the sexual attack, and she identified a man named Rodney Lincoln Mm. as her mother's killer. However, after watching this episode, she came to believe that it was Sells and not Lincoln who murdered her mother in 1982. Um, Luckily, Lincoln was eventually exonerated for the crime and released from prison, but that did not happen until
0: 2018. Oh my
1: God. Yeah. So he spent a lot of time in prison for this. For something and cells, he didn't do. For something he didn't do, Cells confessed to this, and it was mm-hmm. corroborated by the daughter. Um, on July 31st, 1983, also in St. Louis, Missouri, um, Tiffany Gill, who was four years old at the time, and Colleen Gill, her 33-year-old mother, were discovered at their house on Washington Terrace in the West End neighborhood, and both of them had been bludgeoned to death. <sighs> we have July 26, 1985, in Springfield, Missouri... And this is when Sells, who was 21 years old at the time, he was working at a carnival in Forsyth, and he met a 28-year-old woman named Ina Cord and her 4-year-old son Rory Cord. Um, Ina invited Sells to her home that evening, and according to Sells, so take this with a grain of salt, he had sex with her, fell asleep, and awoke to find her stealing from his backpack. Yeah, okay. yeah, Yeah, sure, buddy. Um, He then proceeded to beat her to death with her son's baseball bat. And he then murdered her son because he could have been a potential witness. This, this one is crazy because you'll see why. Just a second. May 1st, 1987 in Lockport, New York. (gasps) Yeah. Lockport, New York. What? Yeah. That's what I said. I was like, what? What happened? So, twenty-seven-year-old Suzanne Corks she disappeared after leaving a Lockport nightclub alone. You
0: said twenty-seven. She was twenty-seven, and, and this, this was, was in nineteen eighty-seven. So that would have put her born nineteen. She was. Oh, I wonder if my mom knew her. Maybe you
1: should ask. You should What's ask. What's her name? Suzanne Corks. It's K O R C Z. I'm gonna text die and see if she knows about this. Because Sus-
0: my mom went to Lockport. Yeah.
1: And my mom was like, I mean, I don't. My mom was kind of like in Buffalo-ish at the time. But maybe she would have heard of it. Did you know Suzanne Corpse. K O R C Z. Suzanne. For those of you wondering why this is blowing your mind, is because we are we're in C- Lockport. C O R <laughs> K O R C Z. She was twenty-seven C-Z. in eighty-seven. C-Z. So again, she disappeared after leaving a Lockport nightclub alone. And her body was found on September fifth, nineteen ninety five, um, at the foot of an embankment near. Almost Ni- ten years yes. later, she wasn't found until ninety five, um, and she we was
0: almost f- born.
1: Yeah, I know it was a year before her birth. That's crazy. Um, and she was found at the foot of an embankment near Niagara Falls, two miles away. And her cause of death was unknown due to the severity of decomposition of her body, which obviously it's been ten years. Yeah. She's bones. Yeah, um, I saw that and I was like, bro what oh like lockport nothing ever fucking happens in lockport are you, are you joshing me um so then we skip to october 15th 1987 in lovelock nevada so again he's all over he's he goes from lockport new york in may of 87 to nevada in october of 87 so it's all over the place mm-hmm. so this is um 21 year old stephanie kelly stroh she was last seen at the four-way cafe and truck stop in wells nevada Sells confessed to her murder. He said he picked her up while she was hitchhiking after he offered a ride to Reno. She said they took LSD together, then he strangled her in Lovelock, covered her body in concrete, and dumped it in a hot spring. Her body was never found. So we have November 17th, 1987, in Ena, Illinois. Sells confessed to the murders of four members of the Dardeen family, and this one's fucking crazy. I, need, I feel like I need to just insert, like, a trigger warning in here, just going over, like, the few details of the Dardine family murders. Um, while he was hitchhiking, Sells was picked up by 29-year-old Keith Dardine, who brought him to his home for dinner. When they arrived at the residence, Sells pulled out a handgun and shot Keith in the head twice. He then emasculated him, which, if you don't know what that means, is he castrated him. He cut his testicles off. Um, before shooting him once more in the head. Keith's three-year-old son, Peter Dardine was bludgeoned to death, and cells also attacked Elaine Dardine, who was Keith's 30-year-old pregnant wife. She went into labor after being beaten to death and gave birth to her daughter. He fatally bludgeoned the newborn, before mutilating Elaine's breasts and sexually assaulting her corpse with the baseball bat that he had used to murder her children with, which he left protruding out of inside of her. So he beat her. Oh my God. Caused her to go into preterm labor and then beat the newborn baby to death and then left the baseball bat inside of her. Yeah. We need a moment of silence for that one.
0: I like... I just don't even have any words for that because yeah. what the fuck? Horrific.
1: Absolutely horrific. And like, this is just something he's fucking like confessing to just like casually. It's like, yeah, I did that. And it, it like, there's, there's been some doubts on whether or not he actually committed these murders of the Dardine family, at least, but it fits, it fits very in with his MO of things that he'd done prior to this. He very clearly had no problem murdering children.
0: Clearly, because a newborn baby, yeah. Bro.
1: And he beforehand he'd killed like a three year old and a four year old. There's no way manner. a
0: newborn can identify you ho. <laughs> yeah, right? But it's it's like And, and then you left
1: the bat inside Yeah. What? Yeah. It's incredibly brutal. It's absolutely terrible. I
0: was so stuck out he was up here. I
1: know that Legitimately, that blew my mind. You said in what month? uh May of eighty-seven.
0: Okay, so it was like cold, warm, cold, warm. Yeah,
1: <laughs> it was like kind of spring, not quite summer. <laughs> yeah, I saw that, and I was like, "Bro, are you joshing me? Something
0: happened." The crazy part is that that girl is literally my mom's age. Yeah, so she might have known her if she actually went to Lockport and wasn't just moved out here when she was that old. Yeah, maybe.
1: Oh, we'll see if her mom takes you back. She's <laughs> so probably asleep. If you knew her or not. Yeah, it's kind of late. Okay, so we are now going to hop to December 18th 1988, Tucson, Arizona. Um, this is when 51-year-old Kent Allen Lawton, he was stabbed and buried in a shallow grave near homeless camp. December 9th in 1991 in Mariana, Florida, 25-year-old Teresa Hall and her 5-year-old Tiffany Hall were both bludgeoned to death with a wooden table leg in their home. October 13th in 1997 in Lawrenceville, Illinois, 10-year-old Joel Kirkpatrick was stabbed to death in his bedroom while he was sleeping at night. October 15th in 1997 in Springfield, Missouri, 13-year-old Stephanie Mahaney was found in 1997 in a farm pond west of Springfield. According to cells, he pulled her from her bed in her home at night, drove her to a field, injected her with cocaine, raped her, and then strangled her to death. December 14th 1997 in Las Vegas, Nevada, 19 year old Yvette Sophia Mueller was last seen in an RV park in Las Vegas. Sal's claimed to have raped and killed a blonde haired woman in Vegas, chopped up her body with an axe, and buried her next to the Snake River. Which His they assume is like all fucking it's over the really place. Really, genuinely all over the place.
0: Like, being able to link all of these murders to each other is like nearly impossible. Yeah.
1: There, w- there would be no way to find a pattern with it unless he confessed to that. Because
0: he's literally all over the place. He
1: has, he has no victimology.
0: No, he just does it. He j- like, literally—it's like a victim of opportunity. Mm-hmm. He's like, yep, yeah, that one, mm-hmm. and then like weapon of opportunity. You know, what so, it reminds like, whatever's in my near vicinity is what I'm going to use. It reminds me of
1: Israel Keys.
0: Do you know that case at no. all? Mm. So he,
1: he, Israel Keys is terrifying because what he would do. Is he would like fly out to just random places and he would leave murder kits places, and then years later, he would fly back to that same location, dig up his murder kit, and just murder random people.
0: Oh my god. He had
1: no MO, no victimology, nothing. He would just commit these murders to commit them. And it was always in a state where he did not live. Mm. So he was in Alaska, I'm pretty sure. And he would fly to, like, the continental states to just commit these murders and fly back to Alaska. And the only reason he got caught was because he got too close to home. But for years, years and years, he would just leave these murder kits, fly back years later, pick them up, kill random people, and then just fly back home. And there was absolutely no rhyme or reason, no pattern to it. So he went uncaught. For years. For years. Mm-hmm. And he only got caught again, like I said, because he got too close to home. Oh, that makes my stomach hurt. Like, it is insane. And, like, s- this is like the same MO that Sal's had. Like, he's literally just killing people to kill people.
0: Yeah. Like, it's literally victims of opportunity and weapons of yes. opportunity. Yeah. Because he so like, he he's
1: shot, like, he's bludgeon them. So, he, like, like,
0: whatever he has is what he's going to use. Yeah. He picks up a lot
1: of the time things, like, uh, that he did with Fabian, the woman, like, a the, knife. Uh, her for own her home. knife. Yeah. Yeah. He, like, bludgeoned, like, the Dardeen family with a baseball bat he found Mm. in their house.
0: Mm.
1: And, like, an axe that he found in their house. So, yeah, very much just victims and weapons of opportunity. Mm -hmm. Um, Next one, April 15th in 1998 in San Antonio, Texas. This is Thomas Brose, who's 40 years old. He was a carnival worker who was shot to death in his motorhome. April 4th, 1999, in Gibson, Tennessee, 31-year-old Deborah Harris and her 8-year-old daughter, Ambria Halliburton, were both killed after Cells broke into their house at night and raped Harris in her bed. She was stabbed repeatedly with her own kitchen knife, which was left in her chest. Halliburton was stabbed three times after she witnessed Sells murder her mother. So again, killing the child so they cannot potentially testify and identify Mm. April 18, 1999, in San Antonio, Texas, nine-year-old Mary Beatrice Perez was kidnapped from a market festival, driven to a stockyard, raped, and strangled to death with her own T-shirt. May 23, 1999, in Lexington, Kentucky, 13-year-old Haley McCone was kidnapped from a swing by cells, dragged into a wooded area, and raped. She was then strangled to death again with her own T-shirt and covered with debris. Now we have July 5th, 1999, in Kingfisher, Oklahoma. 14-year-old Bobby Lynn Wolford was picked up from a Love's Convenience store by Sells who drove her to a secluded area, sexually assaulted her, and stabbed her repeatedly with a hatchet, then shot her in the head with a large caliber revolver when she tried to escape. So this was just the shit they could link him to. So the reality of what he probably did was... Far, far and beyond that. This mm-hmm. was just things they could definitively say. Yeah. You we can it. identify that he was in the area and he knows enough details about this that we can realistically take his confession at, at mm-hmm. his word. So cells, he actually, um, there was no trial. He just straight up pleaded guilty to Katie's murder and the attack on crystal. And he was sentenced to death. Bye. Bye. Cells confessed to breaking into the Harris home through a window this window was in the bedroom of 14-year-old Justin Harris, who was Katie's brother. Justin, um, he's actually blind, mm-hmm. and so he believed that the noise of cells breaking into his room was just his siblings' roughhousing, mm-hmm. and he actually, like, yelled at them to stop coming into his room. So he didn't kill him? No, he didn't. he was not, like,
0: oh, he doesn't even He know. didn't,
1: because, come to find, it was Katie that he was looking for. He had been, like, uh, watching the house. In watching Katie oh. for quite a while, which is why he he knew that Katie was in the house, but he was not expecting Crystal. Mm. So he came and he went in there with a purpose, and his purpose was to get to Katie. Mm. So after entering the house, Harris or not Harris, Jesus, cells, essentially like crept the house mm-hmm. and he was like going from like door to door, kind of like opening it up and peeking in. Mm. So he did open the door to where Mark was sleeping mm. and, like, look in there, and he saw, like, Mark, and he's like, that's not the one I want, and he closes the door, and he goes to the next one, and the next room he sees is where Crystal Harris, so, the mother, Katie's mother is also named Crystal, coincidentally, mm. and she's sleeping in this room with her 12-year-old daughter, Lori, so again, he opens the door, he looks, in there, that's not who I want, and he closes the door again, he moves on. So, eventually, he does make his way to the last bedroom, where he finds who he's looking for and that's katie so he enters the room and he actually gets in a bed with katie he lays down next to her and he like nudges her awake essentially um katie wakes up and she's like what the fuck mm-hmm. she asks who he is mm-hmm. what he's doing and at this point Cells pulls out the knife and he threatens her with it mm-hmm. he then used the knife to cut away all of her clothing and this is when he starts to sexually assault her um, at this point, Katie screams and she jumps out of the bed. So this, I had this wrong. I thought that Crystal did not see Katie get stabbed. She mm. did Um, because after she screams, cause it's the first mm. thing that wakes Crystal up is the sound of Katie screaming. Mm. Um, so this is when Crystal wakes up. She kind of looks down from the top bunk and she recalled seeing cells behind Katie with, his hand over her mouth and this is when he slashes her throat so Uh. crystal sees this happen katie falls to the ground at this point maybe crystal's kind of like hit herself rolled over who knows Mm. but after he slashes her throat this is when he proceeds to get on top of her and stab her 16 more times oh my god he stabbed her so violently that three of the wounds were completely through katie's body oh god So I'm just hoping that at this point, Crystal had like looked away, yeah, yeah not and did seen not that. see this. Um, because yeah, That's he brutal. It's horrifying. Yeah, absolutely horrifying. So of course he's sentenced to death for this very quickly, very easily. He stood he's like, "Yeah, I did it. Here's my full confession. Mm. Sentence me as I know. you will." Like, you're getting the fucking chair. See ya. You're getting the fire. Goodbye. Goodbye. You're a piece of shit. Get right. And get fucked. So, um, though many of his confessions were able to be corroborated, police actually began suspecting him of working the system in order to delay his execution. So this is a tactic that people on death row will use a lot is you can't kill me, I have more crimes to confess to. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to confess this
0: fuck-ass crime that now They're you're gonna, like, oh, move me to this prison and I'll give you X amount of names.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Exactly. Or the police have to go on a wild goose chase
1: to try mm-hmm. to basically confirm if the confession is true or not mm-hmm. and then determine, are we going to prosecute if it is true? Are mm-hmm. we going to put them back on trial mm-hmm. for this? Are we gonna? So it's, it's a whole thing that they'll try to do mm-hmm. basically to just extend... Not dying. Not dying, essentially. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Stay well, their execution, me alive, pretty because much. because I have all of these other bodies exactly. and you haven't told any of their That's families a thing that, murders. That's um, so. actually
1: Ted Bundy did yeah. that as well. He was like, you can't kill me. I have more murders to confess to. But then when the police would bring him in to confess, he'd be like, I didn't murder anyone.
0: And he keep, like, dicking him around, essentially, mm-hmm. so they're like, fuck you! <laughs> Just executed him. Fuck <laughs> you, you're gone. Fuck you, you're gone. Get in the chair. Get in the you're chair. You're pissing me off. Get Goodbye. in the chair.
1: You're pissing me off. Go, sit in old Sparky. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: Fuck off, I'm not Old Sparky.
1: <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's the name of the chair that was at, like, some penitentiary in Texas. Oh, it's called my old God. Sparky. You should Google that. <laughs> I'll <laughs> continue. So, um, while he was on death row, Sells was housed in the Allen B. Polinsky unit near Livingston, Texas. Um, and he started his stay on death row there on November 8th of 2000. In 2004, uh, Sells confessed that on October 13th, 1997, he broke into her home, Broke into a home, took a knife from a butcher block in the kitchen, stabbed a little boy to death, and scuffled with a woman. Just fucking throw the dukes up, Stabbed your son, and I'm going to fight with you. Um, And the crazy thing about this is these details were actually corroborated by the account of a woman named Julie Ray Harper, who was initially convicted of the murder of her son and then acquitted of it in 2006. Oh, shit. So he killed her son and she went to prison for it.
0: That is fucking crazy. Isn't that insane?
1: And she got quit in 06 after he confessed to it.
0: That's nuts. That's bunk. Could you imagine your being son gets um, murdered? Yes. And, and then you try you, to fight off the man who killed him and only. You to, get blamed for your son's murder? Yes!
1: Isn't that funny? Oh insane? my god,
0: I would be like, Y'all are ass backwards.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's like and it's so crazy because it's like, I mean, I I can not understand it, but I can like kind of see how that looks. Mm. If you're like, your son is dead.
0: But you are alive. You're the only
1: witness. You're mm-hmm. alive and you spin some story about a man breaking to your house, taking one of the knives from your own kitchen mm-hmm. and killing your son. Mm-hmm. Like that was his M.O. That yep. was his M.O. He yep. did that shit all the time. Yep. Oh, dude, like that, that one was another one that just blew my mm-hmm. mind. Crazy. I
0: like,
1: I'm God. Thankfully she was acquitted, but fuck. Literally. dude, She was in prison for like, he was killed in 97 and she was acquitted in 06. almost
0: 10 years. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Almost a decade she spent in prison. For a crime, this poor woman. Not only did she now have to grieve her son, she went to prison. For she had to grieve her son it. in prison. Yeah, that's so fucked.
0: While also being traumatized from being almost killed herself.
1: Literally, literally. That's so fucked up, dude. Thankfully, she got acquitted. But fuck that, mm-hmm. fuck that, dude. Fuck that. Fuck this guy. Mm-hmm. He sucks. Yeah. Fuck you, Tommy Sells. I'm glad you're dead. Yeah, bitch. Bitch. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So speaking of him dying, Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) on January 3rd, 2014, 14 years Mm -hmm. after, a Del Rio judge finally set his execution date for April 3rd, 2014. Sells' death sentence was carried out at the Texas State Penitentiary in Huntsville. And when asked if he would like to make a final statement, Sells replied, no. You just said, no, I got nothing to say. Yeah, because you're a piece of shit, you stupid yeah. fuck. Yeah, right, because you already said all the shit you have to say. Nobody wants to fucking hear you.
0: Literally, you whore.
1: So they, you know, hook him up to the whole system. He's he's being executed by lethal injection. So the first injection to go is uh, peanut barbadol, So this kind of, like, puts you to sleep. So- See,
0: they should have took him out per firing squad.
1: I just dribbled all over
0: myself. Because <laughs> <laughs> why do you deserve to be put to sleep yeah. before feeling the pain of death? Yeah. Please See, tell me.
1: I I'm, I'm very on the fence when it comes to the death penalty. There are a lot of flaws in our justice system that unfortunately lead to
0: but innocent people. I honestly feel like the ones who confess. Yes, I was getting there.
1: <laughs> Sir. I'm thinking if there, if there is no doubt in your mind, like this, they had an eyewitness, like, yeah, they sure, had Crystal, she could identify him, he and confessed he was like, to it. He was like, yeah, and I did all of these other ones. In that case, you should be executed in the same manner that you killed your victim. Somebody should slit his fucking throat. Let me slit your throat and stab you 16 times. And also sexually assault you.
0: Because, I mean, nobody wants to do that, but.
1: <laughs> let me, I'll cut your dick off.
0: Yes, we can castrate you yeah. for sexually assaulting people. Yep,
1: there you go. Yeah, it's like yes, I understand that they're at the end of the day they're dead, but like it
0: doesn't matter. Why do
1: you get to just peacefully go to sleep when you so brutally murdered? He someone?
0: gets to get put to sleep and then not feel the pain of death when he was putting all of these people through immense amount of pain. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, but you just get to, to go like take a little murder them
0: for fun, a little forever nappy nap. He gets to murder them for fun.
1: Yeah, the, what you was just murdering people for fucking fun. He like, I don't think he he never. The only thing he ever said about like his motives was when he kind of recalled back to when he was molested as a child. But he was literally just murdering people because he never robbed them. He never took things from them. He just killed them to kill them, and then killed children so they couldn't be witnesses.
0: There was there was no the rhyme or reason that he of it. his. His main person was the child. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. He killed multiple children. Multiple so, children. But the last one, literally, he was looking for Katie. She was a child. Yes.
1: Yeah. He actively saw her. He went to multiple bedrooms. Looking for her. Passed people over with the intent to just kill Katie.
0: Like, you didn't kill anybody else in the home, and the only reason you slit the other one's throat is because you saw you yes. kill she Katie. she surprised you. And he's been known to kill witnesses. So, That's like... That's the
1: only reason he went after Crystal
0: so why did he see see this is why when we were in high school and we took mrs lenahan's class <laughs> and we had that debate yeah i was on pro-death penalty i was also on pro-death penalty side but i was the only one and i had to argue my point by myself i won that this debate. is why i'm pro-death penalty because fuck y'all
1: yeah i'm 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 very on the fence with it i'm
0: pro-death penalty for certain cases yes
1: yes i'm i'm along that same vein mm. i think
0: there's 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 a line
1: yes there's there's absolutely a line if, but if you are in like in this case if you're uh, there's no doubt in your mind they committed this, this one
0: crime. dead dead get fucked but like the ones where you're like okay this one could have potentially not actually committed this murder yeah take it off the table not an option yeah. not an option because that person could be innocent right yeah and you just like the girl in this case who was convicted of her son's murder when it was really this That's motherfucker. So bonkers. Like, what if she had gotten a death penalty for her son's mm-hmm. murder and she didn't kill him and she was traumatized from yeah. trying to get murdered herself? Like, he, the, see. Yeah, the, like, the death penalty is such, like, a
1: fascinating thing to, like, look into and debate. Like, which is why, like, in high school I was on the pro side. Because mm. I'm, like, honestly, I feel like I'm more anti than I am pro. Mm. But I wanted to argue something that I was, like, needing to like research yeah and just like shits and giggles to see if i could successfully argue a point that i'm also
0: for them just sitting in prison for the rest of their lives but the problem with that is sometimes i have the ability for parole
1: yeah that's i'm not okay with that Yeah, just like Like,
0: the motherfuckers who just got out yeah that brutally attacked allison
1: yeah yeah it's crazy anyways so um, they give cells this peanut barbadol to, like, give him a little nappy nap. Um, and this motherfucker had the audacity. He, they put the injection, he takes a couple deep breaths, he closes his eyes, and he starts to fucking snore. Like, he's just taking a little
0: nappy nap.
1: He's snoring. Like, he's so fucking unbothered. Somebody should have punched
0: him awake. <laughs> bitch now you're gonna feel this <laughs> and bitch just
1: fucking sock him yeah snoring
0: i take this back suck he it back out of him
1: fucking was snoring but then they hit the pump on the rest and less than a minute later he stops moving completely good and bitch. 13 minutes later at 6:27 p.m he is pronounced dead
0: i hope his mom feels like a piece of shit too
1: <laughs> I wonder if she... I don't even know if she was still alive at this point. I didn't really check.
0: Honestly, though, but, like, why did you give him up and then take him back because... Right. Like,
1: that is is the biggest question mark out of all of this. is, like, what would he have been had he not gone back to his mother? And we just... We have no way of knowing. I don't know. So, for all intents and purposes, from what I could find, like, he had a good life with his aunt, and, like... Who knows, though, because... Nature versus nurture. Yeah, it's, it's really that like question. That? Maybe he would thought like that, but would he had would he have acted on it? Because I think a huge factor in what he did was the fact that he started drinking when he was seven. Yeah, that's crazy. And we know that alcohol impairs brain function and brain development. Especially at seven, and he bro. was doing narcotics at ten. Yeah, that's crazy. So his brain, like, I wish they would have cut him open and studied his brain for real to see the kind of effect that starting those things at that early of an age would have had on his development. Type situation. So it really, it's like, was that even his actual nature, or was he turned into that? Yeah, it's like that's fascinating. I really wish they would have cut his ass open and studied his brain and Mm -hmm. saw what it looked like. Um. Yeah. So he's fucking dead. Um. Bye, Crystal. Was actually in attendance at his execution, um, as well as members of both the Harris and Perez family. If I were
0: her, I'd have been like this the whole time.
1: Yeah, right. Flipping him off through the fucking window. Um. So the Perez family, though, those are uh, family members of nine-year-old Mary Perez, who sells murdered in April of 1999, and they were in attendance to the execution. Um. Before he was executed, Crystal actually did an interview. And when asked about how the attack has affected her life, Crystal had this to say. Quote, I don't ever think about Tommy Lynn's selves. I don't ever give him the time of day
0: he's dead to me. And now he's actually dead. And now he's actually dead. Boom. And she's
1: living her best life. Boom. She's out here. He didn't get her. Mm-hmm. She is
0: thriving.
1: Fuck you, Fuck you Tommy. So, so sad that there were people who crossed this path that, you know, didn't have the same effects. Facts beyond, beyond the woman uh, Fabian, I don't think there was any noted other survivors. It was just Crystal. And just like by a fluke she managed to live and get him caught. Yeah. Like I really, it's crazy to think about like how many more people he would have murdered if if Crystal had not survived. Yeah, that's crazy. It's insane. But he would still be out here. I don't know, man. He'd but i a hundred percent though think he still would have been hurting I, everybody gets caught eventually mm-hmm. especially in this day and age with the technology we have everybody gets caught eventually facts so he would have gotten caught but who knows how many other people he would have killed before he got caught facts so yeah fuck that guy he fuck sucks it. fuck it crystal's a bad bitch facts and, and we, we love her
0: we need wrap this up because one, I gotta pee, and two, I gotta work. Time. Yeah,
1: it's kind of late. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so that is the case of Crystal Sorrels mm-hmm. and Tommy Lynn Cells. So, you know, if you enjoyed this, follow us on Instagram. We're like a little over eight hundred followers right now, which is kind of mm, crazy fun. Ooh. So it's at TSRH Podcast. Follow us there; we post photos mm-hmm. from the cases. You can also DM us, chat with us. Um, we love to hear from you guys. You can follow us on Facebook at TSRH Podcast. Um, We are eventually going to make a TikTok account because... Our intention is to start filming video.
0: Yeah, because you know the reaction is half the half the shit.
1: Yeah. If you guys could only see Autumn's face with a lot of these things. Just like
0: with this one with the lighter.
1: Yeah, that's, that's
0: so funny. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, you guys are missing out on a lot if you don't get to see video footage. And then so. you'll finally
0: get to see what we look like because your girl don't have any type of social media.
1: Yeah, that's very true. I couldn't even I can't even like link your Instagram and in our
0: because Don't anymore. got it. <laughs> it's not for me dog yeah it
1: just did a social media purge and
0: and it's just know, not coming back it's <laughs>
1: But yeah, once we have the TikTok up and running, we'll definitely, uh, let you guys know, it's honestly to just be TSRH Podcast on TikTok. Literally, just, it's just
0: going to be the same thing. Yeah,
1: stay in anticipation of that. Um, but yeah, definitely follow the Instagram. You can shoot us an email at tsrhpodcast at gmail.com. If you have any thoughts, we're always open to case suggestions. If you have any, like, stories you'd like to tell us, I'm hoping one day maybe we'll have enough to do, like, a listener stories episode. So if you got anything fun to tell us about, shoot it our way on instagram we've already done one right well i mean like a uh, like a listener stories episode of like things that listeners have like experienced themselves oh, 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 oh but yeah yeah no for sure if you guys have case recommendations absolutely send them our we would love to hear from you guys in the cases mm-hmm. that you want us to cover so we're open to anything as you can tell by the history of this podcast nothing is off limits <laughs> so definitely send us case recommendations if you guys have them but if you've made it this far, thank you so much for listening. We promise we'll try to be better and not go over a month between episodes. <laughs> but, Sorry. You know, sometimes life happens and you just gotta roll with the punches. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Got a little busy and a little yeah, sick. a little busy and a little sick. But you just you gotta do it. You, mm-hmm. you gotta make it work. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> Alright, y'all. Thank you so much for listening and we will see you in the next one. Uh,
0: bye! bye.